from Baxter Regional Medical Center. Joining us, Ron Peterson, President and CEO, Chief Nursing Officer Shannon Noctigal, and Director of Marketing, Tobias Pugsley. Ron, we'll let you start with those latest statewide numbers this morning. Well, thank you, Brad. Appreciate that. You know, the numbers in the state are actually looking pretty good. They're, it seems like we're on downward trends in all things. We do have a total number of cases of uh, 57,374. Of course, the number of active cases out of that is 5,312. We uh, added yesterday 480 cases, which was actually high for the last few days, but I think a few weeks ago I was saying we're kind of averaging about 700, then last week about 500. We're down in the 350 range as far as an average right now. So again, our trends are going down as a state, which is really good. Number of individuals across state that are hospitalized is 442. Uh, We have 101 individuals on ventilators across the state. And uh, across the state, we have plenty of ICU beds with 726 available and 679 ventilators available. Now, the trends are a little different in in our area. Baxter County seems to be uh, uh, kind of Creeping up a little bit, we have a total of 116 cases and 35 active cases, and that is up. But as you look at area uh, counties that are contiguous to Baxter County, um, they're they're kind of going down. If you look at Marion County, there's a total of 41 cases with nine active cases. Fulton County, 60 cases, uh, 17 active cases. Izzard County is down to 22 active cases. Of course, Stone County is, is a little different. They're, they're up right now uh, with 69 active cases. But um, as a system, Brad, we have, uh, we have tested 4,301 individuals, and uh, we've had a total of 79 positive cases. Um, currently in, or I shouldn't say currently, but as a, as a hospital, we've had a total of 14 inpatients. We currently have seven in the hospital right now that have COVID. And um, we have uh, had eight employees total with uh, COVID, but we currently have zero right now. Okay. Ron, uh, of course, we reported that uh, Senator Bozeman was in town yesterday to visit with the hospital leadership and to recognize one of uh, our local health care heroes. What can you tell us about that visit? You know, it was a really good visit, and it was really nice to see Senator Bozeman. He's been very supportive through this uh, whole COVID pandemic and uh, uh, even before that. Um, he came really just to hear how the hospital is doing and kind of get a feel for how health care is uh, being provided through the COVID and how, how well the hospital is, is doing. Um, we first uh, wanted to thank him because both him and Colonel Deason from his office have assisted us with the Mission Act and in getting things figured out and how to be able to help uh, veterans have, seek care locally here through the Mission Act, and that's been really big for, I think, our veterans and really helpful uh, for, for our veterans so that they don't have to travel three hours, so we, we thank them for that. And then uh, we just talked about with him and, and him talking a lot about uh, what federal assistance has been given, what federal assistance potentially could be coming in the future, how the economy is picking up, and... Um, uh, we thanked him because his office has helped us throughout this whole thing. So we appreciated his visit. And then, of course, as you mentioned, uh, he wanted to give special recognition to a local hero, and that was uh, Stephanie Free, who uh, if you if anybody's been listening to this radio show, you've heard Stephanie. She's not here today, but she's, our, uh, she's an RN, and she's our infection preventionist, and she has worked 
probably 80 to 100 hours a week since COVID started, just keeping everybody on track, keeping up with the CDC information, keeping up with the Arkansas Department of Health information, helping the schools with their plans, whether it's school or the college, helping us with all of our plans. Somebody gets uh, um, uh, COVID here, then she helps and works out and leads all the investigations to make sure that we know where that person's been, who they've contacted, all those things. And she's just done an outstanding job. And we uh, we were really proud that uh, Senator Bozeman wanted to give her special recognition. Very much deserved. Ron, real quick before I move on from you, did uh, and forgive me, forgive me if I missed this, did you mention how many patients are currently in the ICU? Um, you know what? Uh, I mentioned that there were seven patients currently in the hospital. Yes. And I think... Uh, uh- we have five of those in ICU. Thank you. Five of those okay. are in the ICU. Okay. Well, well, Shannon, let me turn to you now. With, with those five in the ICU, what's the plan if if these numbers continue to grow? With well, our plan is the same. So if our numbers continue to grow, what we can manage right now between ICU and the unit that we have directly across from that is the ability to manage about seventeen COVID patients. If we were to exceed that, we can move over to another area of our hospital, which is about a 35-bed unit, and manage 30, about 35 patients there. Okay. Now, now, is that plan still going to allow Baxter Regional to, to safely care for both COVID-19 and non-COVID-19 patients simultaneously? Yes, like I, you know, like we have tried to say all along, our whole goal in, in keeping these patients cohorted together decreases that risk and chance of any cross-contamination. And then again, you know, we have some of the therapies for self-protection like the cappers, um, which are basically nice big ventilated hoods that we wear um, that are not necessarily all over the country, but we've had those for a long time, and those um, really provide great protection to our staff and also prevents cross-contamination. Now, Shannon, we're hearing so many reports of different treatment options for COVID-19. So so what are some of the options Baxter Regional is using to, to treat COVID-19 patients? So I'm going to go over um, all the therapies we use to treat COVID patients. First and foremost is oxygen. That seems to be the biggest um issue with these patients that require hospitalization is they're unable to keep the oxygen level in their butt, in their blood to a level that they don't they need assistance with that. So oxygen's the first thing. We deliver that several different ways. The first one that you hear about all over news is the ventilators. That's a tube that goes down through the mouth into the trachea, hooks to a machine and breathes for the patient. I'm happy to report that none of our seven patients are um, have required to be on a ventilator. Um, Then we have BiPAP, which is a mask that goes over the mouth and nose and kind of pushes air into the lungs through the mouth. Um, And you can do that just on room air or you can add oxygen to that. Um, Then we have high-flow oxygen, which is people you see walking around town with their own oxygen just have the nasal cannulas in the nares of the nose. This is similar to that except we can do it at a much higher concentration of oxygen. Then the next thing that's been really instrumental with these patients is what's called prone position. So at different intervals throughout the day, what we can do with these patients is turn them over on their stomach 
and that allows for better lung expansion at the back part of the lung, the dorsal region, and then it also enhances removal of secretions. Um, the next line of therapy is, of course, IV fluids because these folks are dehydrated. They haven't been drinking a whole lot. Antibiotics because um, a lot of these people have a bronchitis or an accompanying pneumonia. Steroids, um, and that decreases the um, inflammatory response. And then, believe it or not, we've put these patients on some vitamins, zinc, thiamine, and ascorbic acid, and that has seemed to help boost their immune system throughout their course of treatment. And even people in the public, um, they're, they're encouraging people to take zinc um, to help uh, prevent contracting the virus. And then there's been a couple of things that have happened through our government. Um, I know our president signed an emergency use, use authorization for a drug called remdesivir, and that is an antiviral drug that's given through the vein. And um, it's, of course, in high demand, and you can only, you know, you're lucky to get it, but here at Baxter, we do have it. We have to report every Wednesday to the state um, how many doses we have left, and if we need more, we um, request it at that time. We do have enough currently to treat the patients that we have. And then the next thing that was just approved through the government for emergency use is called the convalescent plasma, and that is uh, plasma from patients who have recovered from COVID. And you take that plasma and you give it to a patient that is struggling to recover from COVID, and that is supposed to help with the um, recovery process. We do not have that therapy yet at Baxter. That was just authorized through the government, so we will look at um, what the next steps are to bring that here uh, to Baxter. And those are the those are the main therapies we use um, here and what's being used around the country. Very good. Uh, Tobias, let me, let me turn to you now. Uh, will there be any community-wide testing in the near future? Right, that's a great question. That's a question we've been getting a lot lately, you know, with the a little bit of rise in numbers in our area and, and obviously the rise in hospitalizations here. Um, we get the question, when are we going to bring back um, a community-wide testing? Well, we, we're, we're grateful to have a, a partnership with UAMS for this, and um, we are looking at two possibilities. Um, one would be to do one in Mountain View in early September, and um, the second would be one to do a second one in Baxter County in the middle of September. And, and the reason that those dates are, the times are important is it kind of gives school a couple of weeks to, to be open and, and to kind of see if, if how the, sort of the movement or if you see any kind of uptick, and it'll be a great gauge. The difference this time is anybody that comes to this testing will be tested. And um, I believe last time that there was community-wide testing, you had to have symptoms, and that's not going to be the case. If you show up, they will test you this time. And, um, you know, we're blessed, like I said, uh, Ron, Shannon, our leadership and our physician relationships with UAMS is what makes this possible. And uh, but I just encourage everybody to watch your local media, um, Facebook, um, listen to the show for more information. Um, we will be publishing those dates. We will be getting those uh, the word out on that as soon as we get the logistics wrapped up. Very good. And Tobias, how can listeners submit questions to be answered here on the, on the weekly update you guys provide? You know, Brad, we really appreciate being a resource for the community. Um, we appreciate doing this. Um, we want to be able to answer the questions that are keeping folks in our community up at night. 
we want to be able to answer the questions to, to, to help put those minds at ease and so they hear directly from, from the experts and from what the people on the ground here at the hospital. So if you have a question, um, I encourage you to either reach out to um, the station, KTLO Brad. I know you take questions for us um, both on the phone and um, through Facebook. But also, um, you can also reach out to the hospital um, by emailing marketing at baxterregional.org. Um, you can send us a private message on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash baxterregional. Or you can even um, just send a general contact um, request form on our website, which is baxterregional.org. We're trying to make it as easy as possible to get those questions to us in as many different ways as possible because we want to we be that resource for the community and we want to help put those minds at ease. Very good. Ron, anything else we need to mention this morning? No, Brad, uh, I appreciate everything that's been said. Um, with school starting, we're uh, right at the moment we are trending in the right direction. We want to continue to do that. And uh, I think what has helped our trending going down as far as the state and the statewide um, are, is the masks. So I want to remind everybody to wear their masks and keep that social distancing as much as possible. We're going to be out in the public more. Kids are going to be out and about. But the more we can keep our masks on and the more we can uh, make sure there's distance and wash our hands and keep our hands out of our uh, mouths and out of, off our faces, it's, it's very important and it does make a difference. Very good. Great information this morning, guys. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Again, Ron Peterson, Shannon Noctagul, and Tobias Pugsley this morning from Baxter Regional Medical Center.